Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, our montages, and more. All of that at www.thesecretteachings.info I know that, like a lot of you, I don't like spending a lot of time in front of a computer. I don't like staring into a black mirror, into a computer screen, or a cell phone, or a tablet. I, I have an old tablet, but I don't really use that much anymore. I don't like staring into the black mirrors. I try to do so as little as possible, but they're really trance-inducing, aren't they? They put you into a trance-like state, and it's really hard to break the focus and the attention, even if you, like myself, are very aware of how trance-inducing it is. I guess that's what a trance is. It puts you in a trance. You're not fully in control. You're hypnotized. And I unfortunately spend a lot of time in front of my computer because I do this radio show and I've written a number of books. I've just spent about four months rewriting and expanding uh, probably 200 pages of expansion. Plus I shrunk all the text so that I think that expanded it even more. I think it's size 11 font now. My book, The Technological Elixir, and I stared at a computer screen for about four, uh, every day for four months. And when I was doing that, even though I have this, I, I saved up for probably half a year, and I finally got this iMac, this refurbished iMac, and the screen is much easier to see on. Uh, it doesn't really hurt my eyes as much as like a PC monitor does, but it still kind of burned me out. And so now that it's become nice and sunny outside, I've spent a lot of time outside. I've tried to spend as much time as I can outside with my son when he's here and uh, Hope, who uh, we've been spending a lot of time taking walks with uh, just ourselves or with Fox when he's here, uh, or I'll go read a book and walk. And when I do that, I can feel like I can feel that sunlight, the warmth. I, I just feel rejuvenated. Now, that is not just a feeling of New Age, woohoo, psychological, you know, distortion. This, there's a reason you feel good when you're outside in the sun. There's a reason you feel good when you learn something. You feel empowered. Your soul, your spirit, you can feel it. And if you identify with the physical body and you identify with the ornaments of the physical body, you might feel the warmth of the sun 
but there's a lacking of appreciation for it or a different kind of appreciation than if you were feeling it from the soul, from the spirit, from the heart, as some say. You can feel that different kind of appreciation. But the body itself is a biological, physiological computer system. You've probably heard this comparison before. And as a result of that, because the body is electrical, the body is predominantly water. Most of our cells are water. Our body is over three-quarters water. I mean, our planet is mostly water. We don't think about water that we get in our food, but you eat things like celery or cucumbers or carrots. I mean, they're, they're packed with water. And so water can be manipulated, just like electricity can be manipulated. And therefore, since we are comprised of water and because our bodies are electrical, which conducts, uh, water conducts very easily, then what happens is our bodies can physically be manipulated through tactics using mechanical-like technologies and through using not just mechanical technologies but psychological technologies and psychological methods to distort our view of the world both literally and figuratively. If you go to the Internet, I'll give you an example of this or write this down and look at it later for yourself so you have a physical copy of it. This is just one of many pieces of evidence that you can find to the point that I'm making. It's a U.S. patent, 6506-148-B2. And if you read this patent, you can just read the abstract of it. It's a, it's a lengthy patent. But it's about television monitors or computer monitors and how the nervous system of the body can be manipulated by electromagnetic fields such as those from these monitors. Many computer monitors and TV tubes, when displaying pulsed images, emit pulsed electromagnetic fields of sufficient amplitudes to cause excitation. It is therefore possible to manipulate the nervous system of a subject by pulsing images displayed on a nearby computer monitor or TV set. I'll read that last sentence again. It is therefore possible to manipulate the nervous system of a subject by pulsing images displayed on a nearby computer monitor. Now, when we think of something like mind control, I know a lot of people who have studied it or read about it, they think immediately, Project MKUltra. And for those of you who have gone a little bit deeper into the research, you might know of Project um, Monarch, Project Phoenix, Project... I mean, the list goes on and on and on that are somewhat related to one another. Project, you know... MK Naomi, all the various MK projects. There were dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And in those projects, there were various forms of drugs that were used, various forms of psychological tools that were used. I mean, if you study something like the Tavistock Institute, a couple of years ago, within the last year and a half, I think it was, the governor of the Tavistock Institute quit and said that what the Tavistock Institute was doing was conditioning and manipulating the youth to obtain sex changes and to help facilitate the process of 
boys becoming girls, girls becoming boys, men becoming women, women becoming men. And it doesn't matter too much what you think about transgenders or gender or sexuality. The point is you have an agency, a group, whatever you want to call it, an institute that has no, essentially no purpose or no governing quality to it that issues policy demands to government and works to influence society and does so by providing a platform for young people to have, in essence, irreversible sexual changes. You know, my, my little son, my son Fox, he's about uh, two years and what is it now? A month? Almost, a, he's in his, you know, he's in the, the first month of his third year. And this little guy doesn't even know what he wants to eat most of the time, okay? He'll go in the fridge, he'll, he'll grab the broccoli. Well, I guess he does know what he wants. He'll go get the broccoli, he'll go get the kale, he'll get the carrots or the sweet potatoes. He really likes lentils. Uh, Hope and I made him some lentils and sweet potatoes, and he was all all about the lentils. Uh, he likes veggie burgers, so he likes a lot of stuff, but he doesn't really know what he wants. It's like whatever daddy has, whatever's there, he'll eat it usually. You know, so he's not used to the candies and the processed foods, really. He's used to just vegetables and fruits, blended or otherwise. He doesn't really know what he wants. And we have a culture today that presupposes that children that young should have sexual surgeries or should be put on sex-altering drugs. I don't care what your political or religious stance is, even for that matter. I take a firm stance that that is immoral, that is wrong, and that is evil. I say it's evil because evil is an inversion of life, and evil is an inversion of love. Evil, E-V-I-L, evil, E-V-O-L. Live and love. Because if you remove the testicles or you create an environment in the body where the testicles shrink or the testicles become inoperable or for a girl, obviously the girl doesn't have testicles. I'm sorry, that's biology. You make the girl infertile or sterile or you do something else to the boy or the girl. I mean, there are so many things that are done nowadays and they act like it's on the me- in the media. It's just something everybody does, but it's not really something everybody does. It's something that some people do because they've been conditioned to think that that's some kind of like free choice and other people are doing because they're mentally ill and other people are doing because they're mentally ill as a result of taking pharmacological, you know, psychotropic drugs which is why most people that are on those types of drugs commit suicide and kill themselves, not because of bullying and hate crimes, but because they're on all kinds of different types of drugs that are messing with their brains, their body chemistry, etc. So my son doesn't really know what he wants to eat most of the time. He doesn't know what sex or gender is. He doesn't know what his penis is. That should not be something that children have done to them at all, period. And it should not be something that the state of all institutions gets to decide or determine is something that can be provided, especially with taxpayer money, that these sexual surgeries 
or sexual transition should be paid for, should be, uh, should be, uh, had for kids, you know, especially they, if they're that young, two or three or four or five years old. Now, you, maybe you think, how can you jump from a, a, a nervous system manipulation machine like a TV monitor, and there being patents for that, 6506148B2, I'll read that to you again. Many computer monitors and TV tubes, when displaying pulsed images, emit pulsed electromagnetic fields of sufficient amplitudes to cause such excitation, and it is therefore possible to manipulate the nervous system of a subject by pulsing images displayed on a nearby computer monitor or TV set. How can you jump from that to Tavistock to sexual changes and gender and things like that? Well, all of these things, whether we watch media, we watch entertainment, we, we stream things on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. Remember when Hulu used to be the little green alien reptile lizards that would eat your brains out and Alec Baldwin was in the commercial? You know, aliens just invented it to consume your brain, right? Or we're watching stuff on YouTube. Phones, tablets, whatever. It's not just the electromagnetic manipulation of the nervous system. It's not just the manipulation of the lack of understanding and context of sexuality and gender, especially in the youth. There are a number of things that are happening, including both of these, that are both, in the case of TV monitors, mechanically engineered technologies, and in the case of identities, are more psychological and philosophical in nature. These are two different forms of mind control. In other words, you can be put into a trance-like state and you can be manipulated physiologically, biologically through a television or a computer monitor. It doesn't matter what you're watching per se, although that will affect the flicker rate, but the monitor itself has a certain flicker rate that can affect you just as much as the propaganda, the guerrilla advertising, whatever it might be in the TV show, in the movie, in the music video, how much that will affect you. Now, when you're being bombarded by both, it's really astounding to consider how well the human brain, how powerful the human brain can adapt to that, that the person can have any free thought or free will of their own. And that poses an interesting question. When we're saturated with these mechanical and with these psychological technologies, let's call them physical and, and, and psychological which obviously the physical body affects the psychological, the psychological affects the physical body, we start to maybe wonder, do we actually have our own thoughts or are our thoughts the byproduct of some corporation or some Tavistock Institute, some government agency, some psychologist somewhere? You know, psychologists like Albert Bitterman, who proposed methods to extract false confessions from prisoners of war, you know, by using isolation and monopolization of perception through degradation and trivial demands, many things being done today because of COVID-19. This was proposed by a psychologist to get false confessions out of prisoners, but it can be done to the general population as a whole. Are our thoughts our own? That question's been asked before, but we're going to ask it in a different way tonight, and we're going to look at the manipulation of reality, of the past, of the present, and of the future. 
I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and there's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The month of April brings us further into the waxing of the year, from the spring equinox to Beltane. Join us on The Secret Teachings to track this turning of the yearly wheel through synchromysticism, pop conspiracy, and more, Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. And as the sun waxes, expand your perception with a subscription to our show archive, which includes montages and my digital books. A one-time donation or a yearly subscription of $45 at the moment supports the show, the network, and you. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the subscribe tab at the top of the page or use PayPal directly with the email rdgable at yahoo.com. All yearly subscribers also get a free copy of The Technological Elixir or Food Philosophy with free shipping in the U.S. You can also buy the book separately, including the enormous compilation of Occult Arcana. That's thesecretteachings.info. And your support allows us to do what we do Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you want to know more about UAPs, the paranormal, conspiracy analysis, current events, and other topics that interest you? I'm Jess Rogie, host of The Rogie Report. Explore the unrevealed every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, live here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. It's April, the month of burning when the sun proceeds into its waxing phase, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. What are we going to do tomorrow night? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to... To KTLK, The Fringe FM.
Thanks again. Um, this is very refreshing, and I look forward to talking with you more soon, Ryan. Hey, this is Anthony Tyler, author of Dive Manual, Empirical Investigations of Mysticism, uh, website divemind.net, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable, my man. Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm sure most of you saw that last week Prince Philip died at 99 years old. I used to wonder when I was a kid why people were so fascinated with those tabloid racks at the grocery store, whether it was People Magazine or the National Enquirer or Time Magazine or some other magazine promoting the royal family. What's happening at Buckingham Palace? What's happening with the queen? What's happening with the princes and the princesses? I always wondered why people were so concerned with that, you know, and I feel that maybe that might have been my first real solid free thought. Because I remember that thought implanting as an embryo and growing to term so that when I was 18 years old, 19 years old, and I first got into radio just by basically an accidental situation, a coincidence almost. I was in a film school documentary class, went to a radio station, ended up getting involved in the radio there. I was asked to, to say something on radio that one day, and I was thinking about celebrities, which includes the royal family, as they're called, and I said, celebrity is the new religion, and I don't think it was so new, but celebrity is a religion, the way that people worship and honor celebrities, and it doesn't matter if celebrities are tech celebrities like they've invented something or they're responsible for building a company or they're celebrities in movies and Hollywood or they're royal celebrities or political celebrities. I said that this is a religion. And I think it might have been best for me to say that it wasn't so much a religion as it was a fallacy. It's an appeal to authority. The royal family, the political families, the Bushes, the Clintons, the Hollywood celebrities, the, the Morgan Freemans and the Tom Cruises and the Lady Gagas and all the others, Tom Hanks, or the celebrities that are made nowadays famous through influencing people on YouTube or TikTok or whatever it might be, the the girls that turn 18 years old and post naked pictures of themselves or softcore porn or whatever it is that OnlyFans is, 
And, uh, you know, that 18-year-old girl who's a rapper that posts pictures of herself, and within a matter of hours, she she broke a record and made millions of dollars. And if she spent that money right and invested it, she'd be made for the rest of her life just because she posted some pictures of herself online. She's an influencer. And obviously, an influencer who has that kind of power can be a great tool for a corporation or for a government or that influencer can be a great natural societal experiment to see how people react to the influences, whether they're selling ideas or products or they're just stupid comments and then see how people react to them. It's all a study in psychology. I've said this for a long time. Psychologists run the world. And from the television and the computer and the cell phone monitors that can manipulate the central nervous system, and there are patents for this. I read them earlier, 6506148B, as in Bravo 2, is a U.S. patent for the nervous system manipulation by electromagnetic fields from monitors. Then you have psychological manipulation. And psychological manipulation is, is very interesting when you relate it because it's, it's a, there are various methods of this, but there's a textbook form of psychological manipulation that was used. It was invented in the 1950s by Albert Bitterman, and it developed a framework for understanding the methods of uh, foreign armies and how they used these methods to extract false confessions from prisoners of war. And of course, this has been used not by just foreign armies. This has probably been used by any military, any army, it's probably been used by, you know, anyone who wants to extract a false confession out of somebody. This is the same uh, form of tactic used at probably at Guantanamo Bay, for that matter. You know, the one that Obama was supposed to shut down. These methods involve this series of steps. First, you isolate somebody. We call that lockdown. We call that house arrest. Then you monopolize perception. You fix attention on an immediate predicament and you eliminate undesirable stimuli. You fix people's attention on a virus, on getting sick, on how masks work or at first they didn't work and then they did work. And now it's vaccines. They work, but they don't work. But nobody has any evidence that they work, but they don't work. But there's blood clots, but there's not blood clots, but there's Alzheimer's, but there's not Alzheimer's. There's prions disease. It's the same thing as Alzheimer's. And the list goes on and on. Then you induce exhaustion, debilitation. People kind of give up and give in to what you're doing. Some people will give up. They'll keep wearing a mask. They'll keep getting their vaccine just because they think, you know, I'm done with this. I have no will to resist. Others will do it because they're terrified and they want to resist. They have the power, but there's the fear consumes that resistance. Then you threaten people. This is what will happen if you don't do what we tell you to do. We'll fine you. We'll arrest you. Perhaps most terrifying of all for most people is what will your family think? What will your friends think? I am so incredibly lucky that I have someone like Hope in my life, who, those of you who don't know Hope, she's been on the show before. Hope and I have have made an incredible connection 
in the midst of everything that's happening in the world. And we met at a, at a grocery store that I, that we both work at and we realized we had a lot of the same views on the world and we were able to come together and make a connection in the midst of all of the things that are happening. And she feels the same way about masks and vaccines and she's constantly trying to learn and to better herself. To me, that is something I've really never experienced in another human being before who had the potential of being a partner. To me, that seems like a blessing under the current global circumstances, something I never thought would happen ever, especially now because people are terrified to shake hands on average. And so I I felt, I feel lucky and blessed to have her. I feel lucky and blessed to have my son Fox and it's, it's the fear and the threat of what will happen if you don't follow demands. And so I think not only am I blessed, but I can't imagine what it would be like to have a strong connection with somebody as a friend or whatever. And then you have a fundamental disagreement for whatever the reason is on what's going on in the world. And that destroys your relationship. That has to be devastating. And that's part of the debilitation and the exhaustion that plays into this Bitterman chart of psychological torture and warfare. Now, once you've isolated, monopolized perception, you've induced exhaustion and you've threatened people, and you don't necessarily have to do it in this order, you offer occasional indulgences, like you provide motivation for compliance, right? And and you hinder adjustment to deprivation. So what you do is you tell people two weeks and then it's better. Another month, six months, probably a year, maybe two years, one vaccine, it's all better. Two vaccines, it's all better. We might have a vaccine that'll be like two doses. Okay, we've had severe reactions to that. Let's pull it back. We might not make a mandatory. Okay, they're going to be mandatory only at certain businesses. Okay, you can't do that legally in some places. Governors like Abbott in Texas and DeSantis in Florida, they've said no vaccine passports. The states have the right to do that. They have the constitutional right to do that, to override the federal government in that case. And so what do we do? We pull back and then we, and then we, and then we say, okay, now you have to have it. Now you don't have to have it. Have to have it. Don't have to have it. It's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. It can create so much confusion. And you're constantly giving people the motivation to not give up. We're almost through this. It's almost over. We've almost beaten this virus. We've almost defeated this invisible enemy but the noose just gets tighter every time it's put back around your neck. Then you have to demonstrate superiority. You have to enact a powerful persona. You are in control. You are in charge. So you terrify people through media. We are the government. You don't have a right to sit on that bench unless we tell you to. You don't have a right to do X, Y, Z. Then you degrade people. You dehumanize people. You make them feel worthless and pathetic. You make them feel worthless and pathetic for being themselves, for thinking for themselves, and for wanting to have human connection. You make the very essence of what it means to be human a disgusting, terrifying, horrible thing that nobody wants to be. So they'll sign up for experimental gene therapy vaccinations, and also there will be drugs as well that will be offered instead of vaccines. You'll have pills that you can take. And then enforcing trivial demands. And that includes masks, social distancing, 
It includes why if you have certain political affiliations, it's okay if you don't do a certain thing. If you have other political affiliations, it's not okay if you do a certain thing or you don't. It's trivial. It's not meant to make sense. It's meant to be confusing. Now, through these methods that Albert Bitterman proposed in the 1950s, we can see how they apply to the modern day situation of the Great Reset, or what I call the Great Leap Forward Reset, the Great Leap Forward Part 2. You studied Maoist history or Chinese history going back to the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. There's a great book series written by Frank Decoder on the Frank Decoder or Frank Decoder. Uh, it's got the umlauts over the O. It's ooh, right? Frank Decoder, I think. It's a great book series if you want to learn about that. There are other ways, obviously, Maslow's hierarchy of needs being one of them to manipulate human perception, to manipulate human psychology. This was proposed in the 40s in a paper called A Theory of Human Motivation. And what you do is manipulate people's biological, physiological needs. And those needs are also manipulated by the Bitterman chart. But you manipulate people's physiological needs like air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. Don't have sex, it spreads a virus. Constantly wash, clean, bathe, etc. Wash your hands, clean your clothes because the virus is everywhere. You won't be able to go into certain places and buy food, etc. without a vaccine pass. The air is toxic. There's carbon dioxide everywhere. Don't breathe it out. It's dangerous. You manipulate people's safety needs. This is the second part of the hierarchy of needs presented by the psychologist Maslow. And it says personal security, employment, resources, health, property. You want to keep people safe and healthy, right? People want to feel like they are secure. They need jobs to pay for things. So you have to wash your hands and you have to wear your mask and you wear your gloves and then wear two masks and then get one shot, then two shot, then three shot, then floor. You hit the floor. Now, now you get booster shots. Then you get pills. You get experimental gene therapies. But you need these physiological things. You need these safety components. You manipulate the third part of Maslow's chart, love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, a sense of connection. We can have that, right, through Zoom calls and Skype calls and friendship and intimacy and family. These aren't even really great things. So you start to convince people that these are negative. They are constructs of some Western patriarchal, Western authoritarian system and that we should just eliminate them altogether. That's what's being done. Then the fourth part, esteem, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And the fifth part, self-actualization, desire to become the most that one can be. Now, with esteem and self-actualization, people who have received their COVID-19 vaccines, people that have received their little stamp of approval by government and by society and the people that have received a little stamp of approval from other customers in grocery stores and in retail outlets that you're doing what you're supposed to do, they feel superior. And I know that because I've interacted with many of them. I've interacted with so many of them that I could probably write a book about my experiences in the COVID-19 era. And I've met a lot of really great people who don't believe what they're doing 
has any effect whatsoever except a detrimental one physically, biologically, physiologically, and psychologically as well, especially to children who see their parents in masks and et cetera, et cetera. So self-actualization and esteem, you give people this false sense of respect, this false sense of self-esteem, this false sense of status, this false sense of personal recognition. We recognize you. You did your part to wear that mask, to get that vaccine. You did your, but we just need you to do it a little bit more. You need to wear two masks now. We, we, we just need you to get another vaccine. We just need you to lock down a little bit longer, abandon your business. We really just need you to give up cash. We really just need you to take the bio stamp because the COVID cards and the COVID QR codes, people are forging those. We really just need the bio stamp and the microchip and the micro needles and the dye injected into your arm. That'll prevent fraud. And you just keep going along with it. The desire to become the most that you can be. You are a good servant of the system and you are keeping other people safe. And when they question what you're doing, they're trying to hurt you. And not only do you defend yourself, but you try to defend them by telling them, no, I'm doing this for you. Now, according to the American Psychological Association, the American Psychological Association, excuse me, the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, Personality, Processes, and Individual Differences. An article titled, Signaling Virtuous Victimhood as Indicators of Dark Triad Personalities. In this report, from the University of British Columbia, we show that individuals with dark triad traits, that's Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy, more frequently signal virtuous victimhood, controlling for demographic and socioeconomic variables that are commonly associated with victimization in Western societies. It's a very good article. It's a very long article. If you would like to look it up, signaling virtuous victimhood as indicators of dark triad of personalities. In other words, those who tell you, I'm wearing the mask for you. I'm getting the vaccine for you. I'm doing this for you. When they know they're doing it for themselves, and some believe they're doing it for you as well. These are the people that typically have one or all of the dark triad of personalities. They are narcissistic. Many of them are psychopaths. They have Machiavellian tendencies. These people, in other words, are psychologically disturbed, psychologically unbalanced, and potentially dangerous. That, on the other hand, is what people like myself and probably many of you, this is how we've been identified, that we're psychopaths, that we're narcissistic, that we have Machiavellian tendencies, that we're dangerous. Now, I'm sure there are many people who feel the way I do and feel the way you do who probably are narcissistic. But that's not the point, whether one group is narcissistic or not. It's not about labels or identification. It's about the psychology of the individual and why they do something. I don't wear a mask because, one, I can't breathe in it. Two, the evidence and the science shows that it's dangerous with the buildup of bacteria. And three, I have seen no evidence whatsoever that there is a law that can override federal law and the Constitution of the United States of America. I've seen none, again, none of the science, so I'm not going to participate. That's not because I'm a Trump supporter, I'm conservative, I'm anything. I just am reading the science and aware of the law, and I just refuse to acquiesce and participate. Now, since people like me refuse to acquiesce and participate, if we can't be grouped into a category and called a racist or a bigot or a sexist or a conspiracy theorist, what happens? Well, there needs to be some other method to coerce us. 
Sure, we can be called terrorists and we can be called bigots and we can be told we're getting grandma sick. But at the core of this is a psychological tool that is used to manipulate the minds of others and the minds of ourselves, our minds, into convincing us that even though we know we're right, we're still wrong. I'll give you an example of this. You go to a drugstore in New York State, you go to a Wegmans pharmacy, a drugstore, you get a prescription. This happened twice to me with my son Fox. He's got a little cream for his arms when he was much younger. And uh, I go in there, and the woman says, that'll be $8. And I said, I thought it was covered through the doctor's office and through insurance. She says, it is. I said, okay, then why is it $8? She said, well, that's the state charge. And I said, well, why am I paying a state charge? She said, just say no. And I was taken back by that. I said, what do you mean say no? She said, just say no. You just tell me you don't want to pay it. And I said, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't want to pay it. She's like, yeah, but just tell me you don't want to pay it, and that's it. And I said, okay, I don't want to pay it. She's like, all right, $0, take it, go have, your, have a good day. And so I went back again. I went to a Wegmans pharmacy, and they said, that'll be $1. And I said, um, yeah, I'm not going to pay that. She said, um, well, you have to pay it. I said, no, ask your manager. Manager comes over, hits a couple buttons on the keyboard. All right, have a good day, sir. You don't need to pay that $1. You know, when a company tries to convince you not to cancel something, and like, for example, I called car insurance, Geico, the other day, and I said, I want to cancel my Geico insurance. Well, you're going to have to take your license plate to the DMV before we can cancel this, sir. And I said, no, no, I'm just canceling. I'm getting other insurance. He said, oh, well. We, we, we can offer you this policy or that policy, and it'll be this price. And I said, well, why didn't you offer me that price to begin with? Well, no answer to that. But we can do this. I was like, I don't care what you can or can't do. I don't care if you offer me a dollar cheaper than the other insurance company. You lied to me, so I'm out. All right? It's that behavioral nudge. That's how you manipulate and you try to convince people, and sometimes it works, who are free thinking, who are strong and empowered, that they're still wrong when they know they're right. The Washington Post published an article April 4th, 2018. I found a copy of this in a box that I had been going through looking for some old files. I forgot about this article, and uh, at one point I remembered it. I just couldn't find a copy. So I just found this the other day, and it says, published in the journal Psychological Science in the Public Interest. Here's what it says. In the study, doctors and health officials, it says, should focus on indirect behavior modification. Actions like automatically scheduled appointments, phone and text reminders from doctor's offices and monetary incentives from employers. For what, you might ask? Well, to get vaccinated. Because the article says, People can't be educated into vaccinations, but behavioral nudges help, study finds. So, the study concludes that doctors and health officials should focus on indirect behavior modification actions like automatically scheduled vaccination appointments, phone and text reminders from doctor's offices, and monetary incentives from employers. You can't convince someone based on the science because you have none, or you have some that suggests danger, danger, wrote Robinson, then you trick them and manipulate them. You alter their perception of reality. I want to bring something to your attention. The Food and Drug Administration, back in December of 2020, 
was working tirelessly, according to ABC News, in this December 1st, 2020 article that says FDA working day and night on COVID-19 vaccine emergency use authorization. They were looking to authorize the vaccine for emergency use. However, five months before that, Yale University and the U.S. National Library of Medicine concocted a COVID-19 vaccine message to manipulate people into receiving a vaccine even if they didn't want it, even if there's no science and there's no evidence of its safety or efficiency. Psychological manipulation. Forget the science, okay? Forget the conspiracy theories. This is psychological torture, psychological warfare on levels that most people can't comprehend, and yet they publish the data and show you how they're doing it. And I'll tell you how they're doing it after this break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Subscribe to our archive, www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us. We'll be back. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The month of April brings us further into the waxing of the year, from the spring equinox to Beltane. Join us on The Secret Teachings to track this turning of the yearly wheel through synchromysticism, pop conspiracy, and more Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. And as the sun waxes, expand your perception with a subscription to our show archive, 
which includes montages and my digital books. A one-time donation or a yearly subscription of $45 at the moment supports the show, the network, and you. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the subscribe tab at the top of the page or use PayPal directly with the email rdgable at yahoo.com. All yearly subscribers also get a free copy of The Technological Elixir or Food Philosophy with free shipping in the U.S. You can also buy the book separately, including the enormous compilation of Occult Arcana. That's thesecretteachings.info, and your support allows us to do what we do Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing and redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, digital broadcasting. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses, slips, mix, multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loudness, measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork, video and audio production, gotta do video. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. Time is like a really valuable currency next to cost. It's even more important than money. Why waste your time doing all this stuff? This is what we can do for you. Think about like the hours and the money you're going to have to put into doing all this by yourself. Doesn't make sense. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team and get jump started on your podcast today everything is awesome everything is cool when you're part of a team it's april the month of burning when the sun proceeds into its waxing phase right here on ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm what are we gonna do tomorrow night same thing we do every night try to take over the world join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination where happiness is an illusion where the past, present, and future all co- coexist on the same timeline. Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. 
and subscribe to our full show archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. All of our shows are linked up there in the archive, including our montages. You'll get access to those when you subscribe to the show, and you'll get access to a page on the website where you can read and download all of my books in digital form. Again, that is www.thesecretteachings.info. There's the show archive, the montage archive, and you'll also find my digital books there as well if you are a subscriber. If you sign up to the subscription for the show, for the archive, for everything, it is $50 for one year, and you get a physical copy of one of my books when you subscribe, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, or The Technological Elixir. All of those books are also available on the website. They have their own pages, so you can read about them, see reviews that are written by other authors, other radio hosts, other researchers. And you can also find on the website our top news tab, where you can find a lot of the news articles that we cover on this show. I've always used that as kind of a reference point for myself during the show that I can just go back and click a link to open up an article or something like that if I want to access it quickly. One article in particular that unless you're a subscriber to the Washington Post, you probably can't read it. Although if you go to this article and as soon as the page loads, you click Command-A on a Mac or Control-A to copy all of it, and then you can copy it, and then you can take it to Microsoft Word and paste it. That's how I've learned to get around those uh, things on like New York Times or Washington Post, just so I can read the article, and then I can talk about it on radio. Otherwise, I, I don't really care what is in most of the news. But this article in particular, it, it didn't have a paywall before. Now they put it behind a paywall. I have a physical copy of it, and it's about a journal publication in the journal Psychological Science and the Public Interest. And it's about psychological studies and behavioral science relating to vaccinations. The article is titled, People Can't Be Educated into Vaccinations, but Behavioral Nudges Help Study Finds. And it says this, it says, The study concludes doctors and health officials should focus on indirect behavior modifications. They define these modifications such as Actions like automatically scheduled vaccine appointments, phone and text reminders from doctors' offices, and monetary incentives from employers. Now, there are a lot of reasons people can't get a vaccine or take certain drugs or whatever it might be. That seems kind of discriminatory to me. I believe Trader Joe's is actually doing that, where they give people $2 more an hour for getting vaccinated. Sounds very discriminatory. I hope if someone has a reason they can't get a vaccine or by choice that they can just ask for $2 more an hour and Trader Joe's gives it to them. Hopefully that's the case. Sounds like a lawsuit to me. The report says that focusing on education and persuasion fails to make much of a difference. So people can't be persuaded with education, so we need to manipulate them and and nudge their behavior in a certain direction. Now, I know that a lot of you have probably heard or that you yourself have various views and 
different ideas about COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccines. And I just don't like how much a part of our culture it is. I don't like when people say I've got the Rona or I'm avoiding the Rona or the Cove or, you know, I got the COVID. No, you didn't get anything. Uh, That's a particle in your body. It's amplified above the recommended 32 to 35 cycles for a PCR test, which is basically useless. And when you get your vaccine, you still test positive and you get adverse reactions, which are not the vaccine working. That's your body reacting to being injected with poison and foreign material, foreign debris. Of course, you're going to get a fever and all these things. That's your body reacting to what was injected into it, not because it's preparing itself to fight off COVID-19. It's a common cold. There are hundreds of coronaviruses, probably thousands. And I don't even believe they're viruses in the sense that they cause disease. So I hate how ingrained it is in our culture. I don't know about you. I hate how ingrained it is. But regardless of what you think about it, tell me if you find this suspicious. Just, I don't know, think for a moment for yourself. Is this suspicious? December 1st, 2020, ABC News. FDA working day and night on COVID-19 vaccine emergency use authorization, Commissioner tells ABC News. They're working in 2020 with the Trump administration on the status of emergency use authorization for vaccines. Emergency use authorization. Now, this was in December of 2020. Now, let's count back to July of 2020. There was no public discussion. I'm sure there was corporate manufacturing discussion. No corporate discussion that was made public. No political discussion that was made public about vaccinations and about the emergency use of these vaccinations. So think about that just for a moment. There's no discussion back in June, July. However, however, Yale University and the U.S. National Library of Medicine published an article called COVID-19 Vaccine Messaging. COVID-19 Vaccine Messaging. And it tells you, sponsored by Yale University, it tells you methods and ways in which people can be manipulated in order to convince them to take a vaccine. Okay, so clinicaltrials.gov, this is the description of the report sponsored by Yale University. This study tests different messages about vaccinating against COVID-19 once the vaccine becomes available. Participants are randomized to one of 12 arms with one control arm and one baseline arm. We will compare the reported willingness to get a COVID-19 vaccine at three and six months of it becoming available between the 10 intervention arms to the two control arms. Study participants are recruited online, which matches census-based sampling and online recruitment. That's the description of the study. They tell you that there were 4,000 participants enrolled. 
The study type is considered interventional. The allocation is randomized. And it tells you the different arms and the different interventions. This is the meaty part right here. It tells you, this was back in July, no vaccine available at the time, but ways to convince people to take the vaccine regardless of any kind of safety data. Regardless of any kind of information, if you could find positive information, you'd be probably presenting that to everybody. But if you can't, well, you've got to find other ways to convince people. Here's what it tells you. Personal freedom message. A personal freedom message. If you get a vaccine, well, then you will receive your personal freedoms back. A message about how COVID-19 is limiting people's personal freedom and by working together to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve its personal freedom. Hell, I think even the Wall Street Journal published a story about two weeks ago that said, looking to be free again, those who received COVID-19 vaccine received a yellow instead of a green light. You don't get to be free again. COVID-19 is actually not preventing us from being free. Authoritarians and tyrants are doing that. Well, if you don't buy the personal freedom message because you don't believe in personal freedom and you want to control and tell other people how to act and live, perhaps the economic freedom message will get you. A message about how COVID-19 is limiting people's economic freedom and by working together to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve its economic freedom. You know, or you could just allow businesses to open back up like Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott in Texas did. But if those don't get you, how about the self-interest message? Because we can play to people's narcissism and ego and their personal fears. A message that COVID-19 presents a real danger to one's health. Even if one is young and healthy, getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the best way to prevent oneself from getting sick. That gets a lot of people. But if that doesn't get you, how about the community interest message? The more people who get vaccinated against COVID-19, the lower the risk that one's loved ones will get sick. Society must work together and all get vaccinated. Economic benefit message. There's a second economic message, if the first one didn't get you, about how COVID-19 is wrecking, uh, wreaking havoc on the economy. And the only way to strengthen the economy is to work together to get enough people vaccinated. They keep telling us the same thing here. You want to be free, you want to have an open economy, you want to go back to normal, whatever you think normal is, you know, you want to help grandma not get sick, just get the vaccine, shut up, bend over, take the swab, do what we tell you, do what Xi Jinping says. Then it becomes more manipulative. The guilt message. That COVID-19 presents a danger to the health of one's family and community. The best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated and society must work together to get enough people vaccinated. That collective hive mind mentality, right? The group think we have to do this together. We're all in this together. New York strong, right? That's what they blast over all the interstate signs here. New York strong. Personally, I'm in New York. I feel very weak here. This state sucks. 
I don't feel very strong here. That's for weak-minded people who need to be part of a group, a group hive mind collective to feel important. When it's not really them import, being important or feeling important, it's someone else controlling them and that person gets all the power. It asks the participant in the guilt message, it asks the participant to imagine the guilt they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. Well, you haven't been able to prove the disease spreads under any condition that's not artificial. And even under those conditions, it's not spreading from person to person. And the FDA says it doesn't transmit by surfaces. The CDC and the Washington Post say it doesn't transmit by the air. These are official publications on record. So how does it spread, and have you actually shown direct transmission of a virus, and have you actually isolated the virus, and have you actually proven that the virus, has it followed Koch's postulates? Have you actually proven it? No, you haven't. There's not a single scientific paper anywhere. You haven't. So why would I feel guilty if someone else got sick because they're buying a cart full of Coke and chips and cigarettes? I'm not, I don't feel bad for that person, okay? That's not my problem. Get into the produce aisle and take a lap. All right? Now, maybe I'd feel bad if they were going for the last leak and I smacked their hand and I said, that's my leak. And I took the leak because I was going to make soup. Maybe I'd feel a little bit bad because they also wanted to make soup. Not my fault that you're unhealthy. Not my responsibility that you're unhealthy. It's not your responsibility if I'm unhealthy. If I choose to help you, I'll choose to help you. You choose to help me, you choose to help me. But that's based on free choice, not coercion and manipulation. But if that doesn't get you, how about the embarrassment message? The best way to protect the community and your family is by getting vaccinated and by working together to make sure that enough people get vaccinated. Then it asks the participant to imagine the embarrassment they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. If someone came up, if some hack reporter came up to me on the street and said, sir, I see you're not wearing a mask. Obviously, they'd be standing about 20 feet away from me with a very long boom mic pole. And they said, how do you feel about spreading the disease? I mean, aren't you guilty? Aren't you embarrassed? And I'd say, first of all, you're standing 20 feet away from me with a boom mic. Don't you feel a little bit like a moron, a little bit like an idiot? Here, I have literally hundreds of documents, scientific journals, scientific literature, medical reports, you name it, on masks, vaccines, social distancing, New England Journal of Medicine, to the Journal of Microbiology and Infectious Diseases, to the Lancet. I've got all of it right here, and I do. I keep it with me everywhere I go, seriously. I'd say, here's all the evidence. Um, don't you feel a little embarrassed that all you have is a talking point that somebody paid you to regurgitate? Uh, don't you feel a little bit guilty for misleading people? And they'd probably pull the mic away immediately and run away. You know, just like when CNN went to that restaurant a couple of uh, weeks ago and they're asking people, who in here wants to get the vaccine? Nobody raises their hand. Really, nobody wants to get it. Nobody raises their hand. They start asking people questions. Someone's like, well, you know, if Trump said he'd get the vaccine, well, what would, would you get it? And some guy's like, Trump's a, a New York liberal. Why do I care what he thinks either? And then CNN just can't comprehend there are people that just d don't have a political bias. They're like, Trump was just the best choice. And the CNN guy's like, he just can't comprehend it. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. They're not liberal. They're not conservative. They're just humans that are living free. And then it starts putting a mic into people's faces, you know. What would these are great doctors? This is a horrible pandemic. What would you do? Would you get the vaccine? The woman's like, nah, I wouldn't get it. But these are great doctors. I don't care if they're the best doctors in the world. 
they can shove it up their ass. I'm not interested, okay? This is the best car in the world. I don't give a shit. I'd rather ride a bike. This is the best vehicle that's ever been manufactured, the, the most safety test, the best vaccine. I don't care. It's my choice. It's my body, my choice, right? That's what all the liberals say. My body, my choice. I get to kill as many babies as I want because that won't have any psychological trauma. That won't damage anybody. It's just me making a good decision for the environment and the earth. I'm, I'm digressing, but that's what I'd have probably said to somebody if they came up and asked me that question. No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that you're in two masks right now. That's what I'm embarrassed about. I'm embarrassed that I'm considered a human being and I'm in the same category as you because you look like a freak. And see, then people might say that's angry. And well, maybe it is because that's another message that Yale University says uh, that you could use. The best way to protect family and community from COVID-19 is to get vaccinated. It asks the participant to imagine the anger they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease I don't know if I'd feel angry. I think I'd feel angry if somebody tried to force me to do something against my will and then tried to force me into a mark of the beast system in order to buy food. I think I'd get a little angry about that. But if that doesn't work, how about the trust in science message? Vaccination is backed by science. So is eugenics. If one doesn't get vaccinated, that means that one doesn't understand how infections are spread or who ignores science. Really, well, I've read books on immunology. I've read books on virology. I've read books on the cholera pandemics, the Black Deaths. I've read books on the swine flu and H1N1. I've read books on viruses and bacteria and Louis Pasteur and Bacamp. And I've read What Really Makes You Ill. And I've read Tom Cowan's book. And I've read, you name it, I've read it. I've watched the videos. I've seen it all. Americans, Frontlines, Doctors. I've seen, I've interviewed. Dr. Kaufman, I've listened to regular mainstream scientists, doctors, whatever. All right, I'm informed. You watched CNN with your head up your ass, and then you regurgitated what you could hear as a muffled sound while your ears were pressed up against your ass cheeks. And then you say, Well, I'm I'm gonna just that's what they said. That's the law, that's science, that's the government. I will follow it. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. But then you tell me I don't believe in science and I don't understand how infections are spread. Infections aren't spread, okay? The number one cause of disease is poor lifestyle, environmental toxins, pollutants, electromagnetic frequencies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, along those lines. The number one killer is the mainstream medical community and big pharma. You can say, well, no, no, doctors are number one. Heart disease, cancer, number two and three. Really, well, people die of a lot of heart disease. People die of a lot of cancer because of medical treatments. Really, medical doctors contribute to pretty much the top three to top five causes of death. The average individual contributes to the next five causes of death. Your heart disease, your diabetes, your stroke, your accidental injuries, and then number five, of course, not in any particular order. Number five is respiratory problems. That's because of the excessive amount of smoking cigarettes and tobacco. That's why you die at over 410,000 a year on average in the U.S. confirmed. Not to mention the 600 plus thousand that die from heart disease, all of which is reversible according to the CDC. I mean, almost all of it, like up to 80% of all of it, up to 40% of cancer deaths are totally preventable with lifestyle choices. So here's an idea. You should feel guilty about trying to guilt trip me into getting an un 
proven in terms of its so-called effectiveness in preventing infection or preventing the spread of infection, you should feel guilty about trying to guilt trip me into taking an experimental, unproven mRNA gene therapy shot that isn't a vaccine and for which the so-called vaccine manufacturers have zero liability. You should feel guilty. You should feel embarrassed. You should feel angry that you were duped. You should feel devastated that you are that weak-minded and that insignificant of a consciousness that you would try to convince me that I don't believe in science. I don't know what that means, man. What do you mean I don't believe in science? Science is a scientific observation. It's an analysis of the physical world. That's science. That's why there are various sciences, examining nature, examining animals, watching birds, ornithology, you know, studying you know, trees and botany, plants. There's different kinds of sciences. Science isn't science in the sense that if scientists say it, it must be right. That's a dogma. That's faith. That's an appeal to an authority. That's religious ideology and dogma, not scientific consensus. Scientific consensus also told us that cigarettes were good for you, that milk is good for you. Scientific consensus told us butter and fats from animals are good for you. We know none of that is actually 100% absolutely true. Cigarettes ain't good for you. All right? But you know what? If none of that convinces you, Yale University and the U.S. National Library of Medicine have a final solution for you. They're just going to go with their last-ditch effort to convince you. And here, here it is. Those who choose not to get vaccinated against COVID-19 are not brave. That's what it says, folks. You're not brave if you choose not to get the vaccine. doesn't matter why you're choosing not to get the vaccine, but if you don't give it, get it. You know, you're not brave. Well, here's the deal. If you don't get it, you're going to fear all kinds of persecution. You might lose your job, friends, family. You should fear a lot of things. Bravery is enduring or facing something with courage without showing fear. So if I can stand up and say, I'm not wearing a mask for these medical scientific reasons, I'm not wearing a mask because of personal choices, I'm not getting a vaccine because I've read the science, I know about the literature, I know what they do, it's not a shot or a vaccine, it's an mRNA gene therapy injection. And I can say that without fear, I certainly am brave and I certainly am courageous. I wouldn't label myself as that, but I'm definitely not you know, void of bravery because I say no. I actually have an abundance of consciousness. And that terrifies people who are control freaks. And that's why they devise these methods to convince you and nudge you in the direction they want you to move in. Because it's easier to control you that way than it is with a gun or with a club or a baton or a nuclear weapon. Just psychological manipulation. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here www.thesecretteachings.info facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings rdgable at yahoo.com could listen to this and again you know people say david has no evidence david has no evidence but 
I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, and join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The month of April brings us further into the waxing of the year, from the spring equinox to Beltane. Join us on The Secret Teachings to track this turning of the yearly wheel through synchromysticism, pop conspiracy, and more Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. And as the sun waxes, expand your perception with a subscription to our show archive, which includes montages and my digital books. A one-time donation or a yearly subscription of $45 at the moment supports the show, the network, and you. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the subscribe tab at the top of the page or use PayPal directly with the email rdgable at yahoo.com. All yearly subscribers also get a free copy of The Technological Elixir or Food Philosophy with free shipping in the U.S. You can also buy the book separately, including the enormous compilation of Occult Arcana. That's thesecretteachings.info, and your support allows us to do what we do Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. It's April, the month of burning when the sun proceeds into its waxing phase. Right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. What are we going to do tomorrow night? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know that when the United States of America was founded, there are a lot of principles that it was founded on, a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts that were, if not new, at least new in the sense that they had never been founded, they had never been established as the pillars of a newly formed government or society before. A lot of things that were written about and talked about at the time prior to, during, and after the American Revolution were concepts that philosophers uh, had written about, ideas that went back centuries even. And uh, a lot of the founding documents of the United States of America came from the Magna Carta, especially those of you who are in the UK. I know that most of you are informed on what that is, but I also know that a lot of you in the UK, just like most of us here in the States, don't really know anything just like those in Canada about, you know, your charter rights or about constitutional rights. You know, a lot of people think the U.S. has the only constitution in the world. No, uh, various other countries have constitutions. Various other countries have, you know, people have rights. Now, rights aren't something that God gives you. God doesn't give you these rights and then if you're not religious, you don't have the rights, or the state says, we don't believe in God anymore, we are God, you lose your rights. Rights are written down so that governments and institutions and groups, etc., don't abuse them. Because if you don't write them down, people don't have any clue. They're born into a world where they can literally be turned into a battery where they're used as a battery, where there's no concept of free will or free thought or free congregation or free religious worship, self-defense, privacy. If you don't have a world that's established like that, people are born into a world where all of that is alien. And even where you have a world where these things are established, You can convince and condition and brainwash and manipulate people into thinking that those are the reasons that we have so many problems in the world. It's because of free speech. It's because of free association. It's because of free religious practice. And it's because of freedom of the press. And it's because of privacy. And it's because of your right to defend yourself. These are the reasons we have problems in the world. When in reality, The reason we have a lot of the problems we have in the world, speaking superficially here, is because we've abandoned those fundamental human rights, those fundamental, organic, God-given, if you will, rights. It's just like in Sweden or Denmark. People say, these are socialist countries. Well, they do have socialist programs, and we have those socialist programs in the United States, too. However, those countries are successful today because they're moving in the opposite direction of socialism. Now, if you buy a car in one of those so-called socialist countries, you've got to pay 100% tax on it. You buy a $30,000 car, that's going to cost you sixty grand. 
A lot of Americans wouldn't put up with that. A lot of people wouldn't put up with that, but if that's your society and that works for you, you can take advantage of the programs, you get your free education, great. You can find a medium. But those countries aren't successful because of socialism. They're successful despite socialism. They're moving away from it. Just like a lot of our problems are not because we have rights, they're because we don't have an acknowledgement of those rights. And so when the American Revolution was fought, the colonial soldiers, many of which did not have shoes, didn't even have rags to cover their feet, had substandard clothing, didn't have enough ammunition, people starved to death, people got frostbite, people got very, very sick. A lot of times from the medicine that was given, you know, just like during the Civil War. And so, if you read a history book, and I don't mean that sarcastically, I mean if you read a history book on the subject, and you were to read about the types of weapons that the colonists used, they used what was called a shortland pattern musket. And it was a British musket. It was also called the Brown Bess. It became the most common firearm that was used by colonial troops during the revolution. It was a 10-pound gun. It's a pretty heavy gun, 10-pound gun. Now, the British Army also used the Brown Bess. And the Brown Bess musket was used mostly by colonists because they had either had access to British armories or they had taken them off of British soldiers. In other words, the colonists used the same gun, the advanced, sophisticated gun, at least for that time, uh, that the, the most powerful military in the world was using for their soldiers. The colonists used the same weapon. Now think about that for a second. Many of you probably saw the presidential announcement of new gun control executive actions. Now, President Joe Biden unveiled executive orders on gun control last week on Tuesday at a press conference in the White House Rose Garden. He said, quote, Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. They are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights and what we are talking about. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. Well, no doubt there is some relevant reality to what the dementia patient Joe Biden said. And obviously, you know, this guy's not writing this because he can't even speak. You know, he doesn't even know where he's at most of the time. But the problem here is that we assume that the standards of the 1700s and the time of the American Revolution were identical as they are today. They were not. They were much, much different. The colonists fought with the same weapons that the British military had and vice versa. In other words... If the U.S. military is using a certain rifle, a certain pistol, you know, there are different kinds. You know, M16 was popular for a very, 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 very long time. 
then by that historical precedent, citizens, civilians should have access to the same guns that the military has access to. It doesn't mean that the military gets a rocket launcher, you get a BB gun. And the Second Amendment isn't even necessarily, and this is, I think, one of the fundamental things that the lawyers and the corrupt politicians don't want to address. They make it about what firearm and how big and how many rounds and how fast it can fire and how much damage it can do. The Second Amendment does not guarantee you a right to own a firearm per se. That's just one of the best ways to do what the Second Amendment actually guarantees. The Second Amendment guarantees the following. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. All right, Uncle Joe, that doesn't mean that you can manipulate the wording to your benefit. The Second Amendment guarantees your right to bear arms. Now, arms, I'm sorry to say, if you're an NRA member or you are a liberal who doesn't believe in self-defense until you put up a giant barrier around your house and you vote for Joe Biden, who has put more people in cages than Trump did in four years. Arms mean armaments. Armaments mean military weapons, military equipment. Weapons, because arms are defined as weapons and armaments, weapons are a thing that is used to inflict bodily harm or physical damage. In other words, the Second Amendment, written in the language of the 1700s, does not give you a right to own a brown bess or a right to own an AR-15 or a right to own a rocket launcher, although it does essentially guarantee you the right to own these things. It guarantees you a right to self-defense, and that's what the hack lawyers and the corrupt politicians and the Bidens, that's what even the Trump people won't tell you because they're unaware or they're aware and don't want to acknowledge it. The Second Amendment gives you a right to self-defense. It gives you a right to self-defense when a foreign military occupies your land, when people of your own country violate your private property. It gives you a right to self-defense if someone assaults you. And that self-defense can be a knife. It can be a gun. It could be pretty much anything you can use as a weapon to defend yourself or to defend your family. It is a right to self-defense. In the same way that the Nuremberg Codes, the first Nuremberg Code, is that a medical experiment, if it is conducted on a human being, must first receive permission from that human being for the test to be conducted. Now, if you said, I have an experimental vaccine for you, we have no evidence that it works or doesn't work, we have no idea what it does, take it. And they forced you at gunpoint to take it. That's a crime against humanity. That's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. That's a violation of the U.S. Constitution and pretty much every other human rights law you can think of or imagine. That's a violation of the fundamental laws of God and nature. But if they can, with wordplay, manipulate you and tell you, how would you feel? 
Would you feel angry or guilty or embarrassed if you didn't get vaccinated and then you got grandma sick? Would you feel at all worried that because you didn't get vaccinated, that small business that's been there for 30 years, they had to go out of business because you spread a disease? Well, that's what Yale University and the U.S. National Library of Medicine said in a report going back to July of 2020 before there was even a vaccine. They were trying to convince people this was their vaccine messaging platform to get a vaccine that not until December of last year, many, many months after this publication in clinicaltrials.gov, did the FDA say that they were working day and night. That's a quote, working day and night on a COVID-19 vaccine emergency use authorization. So there were already preparations in play to convince you to do something before it was even proven to be effective, as the so-called studies show. As an article from the journal Psychological Science and the Public Interest showed that people can't be educated into vaccines, this was back in 2018, so behavioral nudges or indirect behavior modification would be the best way to go about it. Now, not only through vaccinations, but also through various other forms of social controls and cultural controls and legal controls and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Various forms of psychological manipulative tactics that you would like to employ can be employed the same way. Indirect behavior modification. You can't go up to people on the street and say, listen, we're taking your gun. Shut up. If you resist, we shoot you in the head and we kill your kids and rape your wife and then we kill her too. There'd be an open rebellion in about two seconds. But you can convince people. You can speak to them with little black beady eyes and the voice of a very corrupt grandpa-looking figure who has a brain that's riddled with holes and dementia, who can't remember where he is and asks to take questions during a press conference at the White House where there's nobody in the room. Joe Biden's like, listen, listen, listen. There's nothing about what I'm doing that's impinging on the Second Amendment. These are phony arguments suggesting that these Second Amendment rights are, are what people are, are talking about. What, what, what's actually happened, this is the way the guy speaks, what's happening here, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call it freedom of speech. Well, see, here's the problem. That's not what freedom of speech is, but they can coerce you into thinking, oh, you're right, that isn't freedom of speech because that's dangerous, so you shouldn't be able to do that. And since you should be able to do that, we should be able to censor other forms of speech, right? Like we should be able to censor thoughts, right? We should be able to censor people's feelings because those could be offensive and therefore not rights. The bottom line is the Second Amendment promises you a right to self-defense in the same way that the First Amendment prohibits the restriction of the free exercise of religion, It restricts the abridging of freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government to or for redress of grievances. But if you convince people, no, these don't apply during a pandemic because assembling is dangerous. Freedom of the press is dangerous unless only certain members of the press get to speak. And freedom of speech is dangerous because we don't want other people's thoughts. They could be dangerous telling people to do things like take vitamin D or vitamin C. 
So you convince people that you don't really have a right to self-defense by convincing them that the Second Amendment is not only not absolute, as Joe Biden said, none of the Constitution is absolute. And therefore, because of fallacies like you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater, that you shouldn't be able to say other things that you feel because they're violating the Constitution that you then simultaneously say is not absolute. And therefore, you tell people, you know, you shouldn't be able to say what you want and you shouldn't be able to have a weapon because this is dangerous. In reality, American colonists had the same brown best musket that the British soldiers had. The difference was the American soldiers fought for a cause and a lot of the British soldiers were people that were at the bottom of society, uh, people that were criminals and were given a second chance, people that were alcoholics and rehabilitated. They joined the military. They didn't have anything else. They didn't fight for anything. A lot of the, like the Haitians were uh, from Germany. They were just mercenaries that were paid. They were concerned with money. The Americans fought for a cause, for a reason. Call it God. Call it liberty, whatever you will. It's a great testament in human history to what the will can do. It's a great testament to all the practitioners of magic who are listening. What will can do, what the intention of magic is, or the intention of the magician in performing magical operations is. The will is powerful. They don't want you to know about this history. They don't want you to know the Second Amendment is about freedom of self-defense. The First Amendment is freedom of speech. I mean, you don't censor something because you don't like it. No, I, I can't run around saying, let's assassinate a political leader. That's a threat. In the same way that if I commit a felony or a federal offense and I go to court and I'm found guilty, yes, I lose some of those fundamental rights that otherwise are guaranteed because now I'm in prison for committing a crime and harming other people. Having an opinion that the movie theater is on fire and screaming it is different than if the movie theater really was on fire and you scream it, the movie theater's on fire, and people in the theater say, nah, it's not on fire. Censor him. Get him out of here. Because we don't like what you're saying. The movie was just getting good. There's a difference. There's a difference between a crime that's committed that's intentional and a crime that is unintentional. Committing manslaughter by running somebody over in your car because they jumped out in front of your car intentionally is different than if you intentionally drove up on the sidewalk and ran them over. Intention matters so much. In fact, that is that is the, the essence of what matters in those cases. Intention. What is your intention? But see... If you can convince people without any scientific medical basis and you can convince people through words and wordplay, word magic, you can manipulate their perception, make them feel guilty, make them feel embarrassed, isolate them, monopolize perception, issue trivial demands, enforce your perception of authority upon them, control them based on the consensus of what others think on group think on collective hive mind ideology. It doesn't matter what the law is or what reality is. It doesn't matter what anybody says or does, that becomes the dominant social norm, and that social norm can be controlled with certain stimuli. That becomes the new reality, and anybody who doesn't participate, who can think for themselves, they're left on the outside of that collective hive mob that roams the Internet, that roams the streets demanding blood 
in the name of peace. So when you see things like this, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. No, actually, it's, that's the fundamental point of the amendments to the Constitution, that they are absolute, and that you, as the president, have no authority to infringe upon those rights. You are there to enforce those rights, not to eliminate them. We've also seen, parallel to that, what has been called an increase in white supremacy, similar to the Obama years, and an article that I read from The Conversation and the University of Colorado Boulder says that white supremacy is the root of all race-related violence in the United States. Now, here's an interesting data point for you. White people, whatever that might mean, it doesn't involve uh, Jewish people. White people are not the majority in the world. White people are a minority in most, if not all, major cities in the United States. White people are a minority in Philadelphia. They're a minority in Houston. They're a minority, I believe, in Los Angeles, uh, Orlando, Florida. White people are a minority in most major cities. Now, if you're talking about the whole country, white people are predominant. They're about 63% because this is a predominantly white country. If you go to Africa, it's a predominantly black country. If you go down to South Africa and you're white, well, they kill you. And they take your farmland, but that is not allowed to be talked about on the media because that doesn't fit with the narrative. If you go, if listen, if I go, I was I had a trip planned to go to Saudi Arabia to see someone who I I, I knew and I know who lives in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and I was going to go to Saudi Arabia. I had a trip planned, and um, I imagined that if I went to Saudi Arabia, most of the people there would have been Saudi, you know, and they probably would have been Muslim. And I also was thinking about going to Japan last year, well, two years ago before all the, the, uh, the so-called pandemic stuff began and the Great Reset was initiated. I was going to go to Japan, and I imagine if I went to Japan, I'd probably see a lot of Japanese people. Wouldn't you say? If I went to Russia, I'd probably find Russians, you know? Now, if I went to Israel, I'd probably find a bunch of Jews, and a lot of them might look white, but, you know, a lot of those Jews don't consider themselves to be white they consider themselves to be jewish and see i mean we can classify race and we can classify gender and sex and the fbi does this the federal bureau of investigation the u.s department of justice the local uh, departments in the states they filter their data into a federal database the unified crime reporting unified crime statistics unifying uh, uniform crime report as they call it to the fbi for hate crimes, um, for offenders, for people that have been the victims of hate crimes. And the FBI knows, like any other law enforcement agency, hate crimes are really difficult to identify. They're really difficult to identify because you don't know the motivation of somebody, what they're thinking. And if you just say, well, that person who's black stabbed that white person because the white person's family owned slaves 200 years ago, how can you prove that? You can prove it in a court of public opinion and say, well, that black guy should be totally you know, fine. They should not be prosecuted. They should be back on the street with reparations because how dare that white person's family own slaves? 
when that black person might not have any relationship to slavery. Their family might have owned slaves, for that matter. None of that matters. The context don't matter. Because, see, what happens is genetic guilt. Just like in communist China in the 40s and 50s, genetic guilt became the weapon. Where if your family did something that the current government doesn't agree with, you're guilty as well. You could be a full-fledged member of the Communist Party of China, but if your mom and dad were nationalists, doesn't matter. You're guilty of nationalism. You will suffer the consequences even if you go to a struggle session and have urine and feces poured on you and constantly apologize. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is the way in which you control people's minds and their perceptions of reality and you make them feel weak and inferior and like they have nothing to contribute to the world except to apologize for things that they haven't done because of the color of their skin or because of their sexual orientation. You know what I've started doing? People say something to me about, you're white, you're straight. I say, how dare you assume my gender? How dare you assume my sexual preference? How dare you assume my skin color? I just flip it back on them, not in an aggressive way, but like, you're racist because you're white. Are you judging me based on the color of my skin? I love telling them this. Black's actually not a color. (laughs) That makes people really upset. But if I actually go and I read, you know, the FBI crime statistics and I read through, you know, the hate crimes and I read through violent crimes and you start to find that like there's so much data, there's so many statistics when you break it down it virtually becomes irrelevant. Now, when you break down the data, black people contribute 13% of the population. Black women are about 30 plus 30, 35% of all abortions in the United States. Black men contribute to about 54% of all violent crimes. So black men, mostly in inner cities and big cities, where they're a majority, are going to commit more of the crimes in those locations because they're a majority one and because two, on average, they commit more crimes. Now, that doesn't mean we profile every black person. It just means that based on the data and the context, what you've been told about race and sex and gender is a lot more complex, but yet a lot simpler than you've been led to believe. For example, they tell you that gender is a social construct. No, gender is biology. Race, on the other hand, is also biology, but racial things relating to your your culture, your nationality, where where you're from, that is a social construct. It's not a negative social construct. I appreciate countries and borders and having different cultural ideas and cultural foods and clothing. That's That's a social concept. It's a construct. Gender is not. A penis and a vagina are not constructs. If you don't like yours, chop it up, sew it up, chop it off, sew it up. I don't care. But reality is reality. And if you don't like reality, that's fine. But don't campaign to prevent other people from living in reality because you don't like reality. And the reality of the situation is to suggest that white supremacy is the root of all race-related violence in the U.S., while simultaneously admitting In this article from the University of Colorado Boulder, that amid disturbing rises in attacks on Asian Americans since March 2020, is a troubling category of these assaults. Black people are also attacking Asian Americans. You are more likely, according to crime data, to be attacked if you're Asian by a black person than you are by a white person. That's a statistical fact. 
Part of that's because black people are, in a lot of cities, a majority. Asians are a majority. White people are a minority. You're more likely to be attacked, robbed, raped, etc. by a black person than you are a white person if you're Asian. Globally, a lot of Asians, a lot of Indians, white people really, really aren't necessarily the majority in the world. Now, a lot of this idea is based on that revisionist history and the idea that the founding of the United States of America is all racist and all that. The reality of the situation is what they don't tell you is that people who own slaves, some of them, they realized, oh, this is wrong. We're going to do something about this. And so when the country was founded, they developed a system, a federal system, so that you'd have each individual state that would basically act like a, 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 a protective barrier, like a, like a double or triple hauled ship of a, of a ship. So if there's a breach in the hull, the compartments conceal the breach, the water, and the whole ship doesn't sink. So if the state of New York falls to absolute tyranny with a dictator like Cuomo, states like Florida and Texas get to be independent of that, and Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott in Texas get to tell the federal government to shove their vaccine passports where the sun don't shine. And they have absolutely every single right in the Constitution to do that. Because the power is not delegated to the U.S., States, the United States, by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. This is why we have individual states. And my question's always been this. If this country is so racist, if it's so bigoted, if it's so sexist, if it's so transgender, uh, what do they call it, transphobic, if it's all these things, if it's so racist, if it's so sexist, if it's so bigoted, if it's so transphobic, explain to me why the slave-owning, slave-holding states did not want to be part of the federal governing system and that there were compromises made, that states who didn't see black folks as people suddenly wanted to count all their black folks as full people. The northern states said no because if you do that, you'll have more power than the north, and the northern states couldn't institute their agenda, which was to abolish slavery and create a more free and balanced and open society, including people who had owned slaves who were now getting rid of slavery. The Continental Congress banned the exportation, or rather the importation of slaves, into the U.S., and the expansion and the exportation of slaves passed a certain point to the West. And the southern states didn't want any of this, so there was a compromise made called the Three-Fifths Compromise. And rather than using that as a historical fact to show people that their idea of the founding of the United States of America was actually the opposite of racist, it was the exposure of those horrible things and slavery, etc., and that most plantations were owned by big banks and it was just a cartel of plantation owners and, and, and slave drivers, less than 2% of the whole population, most people disagreed with slavery. And the people that had slaves, a lot of them got rid of their slaves even before laws you read and you learn that it's all really the opposite of what you've been told and that slave-owning states didn't want to be a part of the federal government because they knew that, well, they'd lose their power economically, socially. They'd become beholden to the northern states. And it was an economic political battle, just like the Civil War. Are there racists? Oh, there absolutely are. Are there bigots against white people? There absolutely are. There's a natural tendency for us to act like that as human beings, whether you're in China or Israel or the United States or Canada, Mexico, South America, Australia, doesn't matter. Africa, for that matter. Europe, 
but the large majority of human beings don't act and don't feel and don't think and don't respond that way. Most of us get along. Most of us are reasonable people and we think and we communicate. We're also very naive. And when you're not empowering yourself to learn and to feel that empowerment and to project it with confidence and will, it will be people who will attempt to manipulate and to create a monopoly on your perception to convince you and to control you and to make you believe it's your own free will getting you to make decisions that are not yours because you're afraid of what other people will think. You're afraid of the guilt. You're afraid of the embarrassment. You're afraid of the fear. All those things do is prevent you from being a free-thinking, free-functioning human being, human soul, human spirit. I know that you can probably feel that spirit, that soul, that heart. And if you embrace that with confidence and you direct your will and you know what's true and you don't back down and you don't compromise, you'll feel what people call the spirit of God or spirit of the holy angel, the, 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 the holy spirit, whatever you want to call it. it. It's the essence of life and all the things that are done to suppress it, I believe, demonstrate circumstantially and empirically how powerful that spirit really is. And that's why there are people who want to eliminate the spirit, eliminate life, eliminate love, eliminate what God in essence represents, and eliminate the human element because there's some evil alien force that can't compete with that spirit. It's weak. Don't be weak. Be empowered through what you learn. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Always learn. Always read. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. Subscribe to the show archive at www.thesecretteachings.info and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry. You can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.